Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show Podcast. On this episode, is Dustin Bufflin going to retire? The answer is, uh, I don't know. We want answers, but we're not getting it. You'll hear from Paul Maurice and some Jets teammates of Bufflin's on the influence he's had on them, especially Josh Morrissey. Also, Manitoba Junior Hockey League begins Friday. The MJHL report is back. We talked to Kim Davis, commissioner of the MJHL, about the upcoming season, and we travel to Montreal to talk to Rick Moffat, radio voice of the Alouettes, to get that side of the preview heading into the Bombers game there Saturday. That's on the podcast. Big news in Winnipeg today, and it's incredible just how many days there have been of new, different Jets news here in the first week, not even of training camp. We had Line A and Connor not signed yet. That's still a thing. First day of training camp, Dustin Bufflin, leave of absence. And then Josh Morrissey signs a big extension. That's good news. We hear Sammy Niku and Christian Veselainen getting a car crash on Portage Avenue. Not great, but they're okay. And so was the person they got in the accident with. Line A makes comments to a Finnish outlet, and people go nuts about that. And now today, a report from TSN's Bob McKenzie that Dustin Bufflin is pondering maybe not playing hockey anymore. Okay, that wouldn't be good for the Jets. Now, before we get into what this could mean, let's hear from members of the team on what they said today when asked about this possible report, starting with head coach Paul Maurice. We know that when when you have a player ask for some time and and privacy then is paramount in all these you open you do you just open up to all the speculation and I understand that our options are are to be completely forthcoming and then we open up the question and answer period uh, or or to do what is almost always done and and, uh, explain that uh, it's a private matter so I get it if you're going to ask the 20 different permutations of what would cause a player to ask for the leave. But uh, again, privacy is of paramount, so I won't comment on any speculation. Business business as usual then? It all falls under that blanket. You, you learn and uh, are forced to learn over the course of every... You have players missing. You just you just do. All right, so um, this was kind of mentally dealt with a week ago at the start of the camp, and now it's it's no I've still got 46 guys at camp, and uh, you know, Dustin missed half the hockey season for us last year, so specific to him, uh, we're, we're, we're used to of not having him in the lineup. And does he have a shorter, long-term plan to deal with Buff's possible absence? No. No. I mean, you think about these things, but no different than Kyle or Patrick... Uh, I got a pretty good idea what our lineup so you, would be tonight. If you, if you want the final cuts, I can almost give them to you now. Uh, there's going to be some real competition for uh, getting ice time, but you know the who's on the club. So I got to always have a fairly good idea what that roster looks like. Josh Morrissey on this. Um, I mean, to me at this time, those are all you know uncertain um, answers. But uh, obviously, everyone knows the type of player he is. Um, you know what he means to our team so um we'd love to have him obviously uh but at the same time i totally respect um you know whatever he's got to do and um i think it's a really private matter and uh just gonna kind of leave it at that mark shifley um you know as a teammate it's a, it's a private matter for him so um you know i really don't feel uh 
you know, up to talking about it. It's him. It's uh, it's his life and his family. And, um, you know, I don't feel up to talking about that. And Andrew Kopp. He's taking his, his time. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the reasons behind that are very private. So uh, I'm not going to comment on, on what those are. But, you know, the, the organization put out a release and he needs some time. So we're going to respect that and, um, you know, hope, he, hope he's back soon. So, um, but, yeah, the, the reasons are, are definitely a very private matter for him. Speaking of Kopp, he just scored in the preseason game. It's one nothing. Is Kopp playing with Lowry and Wheeler on the top line tonight as preseason means you get to see some interesting line combinations. Now, if Bufflin does retire, then they'd have more money to work with. $7.6 million this year and next year. So that helps them with Line A and Connor. But they are going to need another body back there. And you look at the list of still unrestricted free agent defensemen. Dion Phaneuf is available. Mark Mathot. Dan Girardi, Adam McQuaid, not a huge list of available players. Some of the other players are in training camps like Joe Morrow, but the list isn't huge, right? And if you look back and think, well, one did Buffalo realize that he maybe didn't like this anymore? I don't know. Maybe he showed up last week because he was skating with teammates, 2 nothing, just now. Jeez, it's only a minute and a half in. He was skating with teammates last week. Maybe he spent all summer training, started skating, and thought, oh, I don't know if I'd like this. He missed half the season last year, and maybe there were moments during his injuries, during his rehab, that he thought, you know what, I'm not sure I love this anymore. Or he woke up feeling good one day and was like, do I really want to play? Who are we to know? And we don't know until he says anything. But we just had Andrew Luck a month ago, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, retire right before the start of the regular season in the NFL. He's been hurt a lot. And he decided, you know what? I don't want to go through the rehab process anymore. My body, my physical spirit, we can't. I can't do it anymore. And maybe that's what we'll hear from Dustin Bufflin again. We don't know. But what we do know is that Josh Morrissey really appreciates how Dustin Bufflin took him under his wing when he got into the league. Well, I think, um, you know, for starters, we basically started playing together at, at the start of that training camp um, my first year and, and played basically, I think, until into the new year together all the time. So um, yeah, I think the biggest things were, you know, as a young guy, as a guy trying to make the team, you're nervous a lot of times, you're, you're excited, but... Um, you know, I think with all young players, uh, one of the biggest things is being able to let, you know, a bad play or a bad shift go and, you know, not dwell on it or feel like, oh, man, I just made a mistake. Could that be what gets me sent down? And I feel like, yeah, I remember countless times uh, in the preseason, but even into the regular season, I think we got scored on or something. And, you know, you come off the ice and you get this big, uh, big hug from Buff or, the, you know, the arm over the shoulder and, almost knocked me off the bench basically because <laughs> he's so big but uh, just said hey um, you know welcome to the NHL and now you finally got scored on now you can just go play so um, which is true I mean any NHL career you're gonna get scored on so just things like that and you know having fun every day um, on the ice uh, in the game you know whether it's yelling at guys on our team or the other team and you know just keeping it keeping it fun so um, he really helped me feel relaxed and calm and coming in. You know what, I mean, um, the one thing that he is, is he, he has a huge heart. He's a great person. And, um, 
you know, he really he really sees and, and wants to help out his teammates and his other players. I mean, um, and that's I think again when you're when you're coming in and you have a guy who's won a Stanley Cup, who's been in the league, I don't know how long it was at that point, but has already been a, a top player for a long time. Uh, you know, kind of say, hey, I want to I want to play with you. I want to help you get a uh, you know acclimatize, get into the league, and and feel comfortable. Um, you know, it means the world. It's immediately like a weight off your shoulders as a young player, and um, that just kind of speaks volumes to him. He, uh, you know, and the type of person he is. He's 34 years old. He's played over a decade in the NHL. He's had a number of injuries. But again, it's just speculation until we hear anything from the man himself. Don't expect to hear that anytime soon. But again, you never know. Kyle Connor could be signed tomorrow. Patrick Laine might be here in two days. Dustin Bufflin might say, guys, what are you guys worried about? Or his career might be over. We don't know, and that's probably what is frustrating people the most, is that they don't know. We want answers. Give us answers. But, folks, you have to just be patient on this one, right? Manitoba Junior Hockey League season gets underway Friday with five games. So tonight marks the return of weekly updates on the MJHL. We call it the MJHL Report because we are creative. Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And joining me now is League Commissioner Kim Davis. Kim how does it feel to be getting another season underway in about 48 hours? Uh, you know, really good, uh, Christian. Uh, uh, you know, at this time of year, after, after, uh, after uh, you know, a good uh, off season, uh, it's just about time to get back to it, right? So, uh, and, uh, yeah, for me, uh, just, just excited. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of, a lot of work again, getting, getting ready for the season to begin, but uh, we're, we're on the verge of it now. So, yeah, it's exciting. Is there anything new for 2019-2020? Oh, man. There's all kinds of stuff that's new. New players, uh, new optimism. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's some teams with some new jerseys. Uh, we've got uh, two new owners in the league that are, you know, they're, they're not new teams, but uh, new owners with, with new and different ways of uh, you know, putting their clubs together. So, you know, there's, um, there's, uh, you know, maybe that's not quite the answer you were looking for, but, uh, but uh, from my from my side of things, anyway, you know, there's certainly uh, certainly some new, fresh things uh, going on in terms, of, especially, and, and this is true every year of you know the new younger players that are coming into the league, and uh, that's always a, a big focus for me, at least, uh, you know, seeing what what new talent that comes into our league. So the Portage Terriers are sitting atop the preseason top 20 rankings in the CJHL. They are the only Manitoba team on that list, but what does it say about right. that franchise that they are the number one team in Canada, at least going into the season? Well, it, it, it's obviously a big, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's a really great starting point for them and, and really for all the teams in the league. It gives, it gives each of them uh, a real good um, – um, you know, sense of, of uh, where they might uh, where they might sit. Uh, you know, vis-a-vis uh, you know the the competing teams from across the country and all the other leagues. So I, I think it's it's a great uh, it's a great uh, initial step for sure, and uh, hopefully everyone sees it as that, just simply a step, but uh, but a good one. Now I also noticed today the news that uh, the Steinbeck Pistons have been named the. Uh, recipient of the Declaration of Principles Award for 2018-19. Tell me more about that. 
Well, the Declaration of Principles is something that that came up uh, or was developed by uh, uh, and led by the NHL with with a a whole host of other uh, hockey stakeholders, uh, including uh, the CJHL, uh, the CHL in Canada, Hockey Canada, uh, USA Hockey, uh, the USHL, uh, NCAA, uh, U Sports, and uh, I'm probably missing a couple of, of organizations, but collectively, these groups, again, as I say, led by the NHL, uh, developed a, a declaration of principles, which really focus on, um, you know, the, 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 the goodness and the value of, of hockey for all participants. And so um, in order to, um, in order to, uh, to promote the, uh, the work that was done pr- preparing those principles, um, the CGHL uh, thought it was a good idea to, on an annual basis, uh, award um, uh, one of our franchises um, and, and make make an award to them uh, as as an organization that that promotes those Declaration of Principles, and so uh, it's something we expect to hap- happen and, and have awarded every year going forward. And and in this particular year, uh, the first year of, of the award, um, Steinbach Pistons were uh, were selected as the winner. So it's. Um, it's a real feather in their cap for sure, and 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 very uh, very much uh, a um, a celebration of of the you know the, the great things. Uh, just forgetting about about all the action that goes on on the ice for a minute, but forgetting or, or j- just celebrating all the great things that that hockey give to to our communities. So a lot of this has to do with the Pistons players giving back to that local community. Yeah, that's right. If if you look at the uh, at the Declaration of Principles on the uh, on the NHL website and 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 on uh, on the CGHL website, you'll see, you know, basically there's several statements that that that, uh, descri- that, that are I should say describe uh, what the principles are about and what they what they uh, what they focus on. Okay. Uh, and, and but that's a big part of it is is developing developing community. Um, you know, showing the value of of playing a, a sport in an activity like hockey, and 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 the true uh, sort of uh, value that it, that it gives to to all participants, and and, and it's very much an inclusive uh, set of statements for sure. Now, turning back to hockey, the National Junior A Championship is in Portage in May of 2020. How much of a carrot is that to a nice carrot, I guess, to have to dangle in front of teams, knowing that it's in Manitoba this year? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know that's a good question. Let me let me put it to you this way or answer it. If it isn't, if that isn't enough motivation for a young person and a young player playing in our league to to do his best on a nightly basis, then I I don't know what is. Uh, to me, it's a, just a great opportunity. Uh, obviously, the Portage Terriers, uh, by virtue of the process we have, are, are going to be hosting the event, and so they all their club will be in the event. But it's certainly a great opportunity for all the other teams in our league, in particular, to uh, to try to uh, compete with Portage this year uh, um, and, and win and win the league championship, uh, which gives them a chance to actually be in the event as well. So, to me, it's just a, it's a huge motivator. Just to confirm, if let's say Portage beats somebody and wins the MJHL anyway in the final, does the finalist then go as well? Uh, no, if if Portage wins the league championship then uh, they would play Saskatchewan in the Anavet Cup 
Right. But regardless of the outcome of that, the Saskatchewan team would be the uh, the oh. West representative. Okay, so okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Right. All right. Yeah. So you still got to win the MJ. That's right. Uh, that's that's where the opportunity lies. Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, sounds good. Um, anything else we should uh, we should know heading into the season, which begins Friday, right? It starts in two days. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I mean, other than just as I said, generically. Uh, you know, it, 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 we're just looking forward to to you know uh, the, the the different uh, the different formations that come uh, from all of our teams this year. It's always exciting um, for Kevin Surrett and I to to see the, uh, the the new rosters. Obviously, there's some returning players on each of the teams, but the new rosters of players, which are really just a new congregation of of a team, and uh, it's really really exciting to to see what. Uh, how those are going to manifest themselves, particularly in the early part of the season. Um, the, the other thing, I, j- just on that note, I should say, I guess, is that uh, our uh, annual uh, player showcase, Old Dutch player showcase, is is in the early part of the season this year as opposed to December, where we've had it the last three or four years. This year, uh, that event starts on the 29th of September oh. at Seven Oaks Sportsplex in Winnipeg. And uh, we're really excited to have all the teams come to Winnipeg for three days, uh, starting September 29th and ending on October the 1st. So there'll be lots of great hockey and lots of hockey over that three-day period. And yeah, five games on Friday, Nipawa, Selkirk, Steinbach, Swan Valley, and Portage hosting. Any banner celebration yeah. for the Terriers in that game? Uh, I'm not sure what they're what they're planning to do. Uh, they, um, you know, for me being... Uh, being the commissioner for as long as I have uh, in the early part of my tenure, I, I sometimes used to get invited to, to some home openers. But now I've been around so long. They, they kind of, the, 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 the teams don't, don't bother in, in informing me of what their plans are, which is, which is totally fine. Uh, I will be going to uh, uh, myself, be going to Steinbach though for the home opener this year, because the declaration of principles uh, award will be, uh, that we spoke about earlier will be awarded to them. So uh, that's going to be exciting, but uh, I'm sure that each of the teams have something special planned uh, when they, uh, when they have their first home opener this year, which is typical for sure. All right, Kim. Well, I appreciate your time as always and best of luck this season. Have fun. You bet. Thank you, Christian. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll be, we'll be talking again soon. I'm sure. Montreal Alouettes have been one of the surprises of the CFL season so far. A 6-5 and five record with a new head coach, Kahari Jones, ownership turmoil, and an emerging quarterback in Vernon Adams Jr. And it's Montreal where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are playing on Saturday. So to get the lowdown on the Bombers' opponent, joined by the radio voice of the Alouettes, Rick Moffitt. Now, Rick, we talked before the season, and if we traveled back to that time and I told you the Owls would be 6-5 and five heading into Week 15, what would you have thought? Well, I would have told you uh, that my Grey Cup is always half full. I did expect the Alouettes to be improved and more competitive this year, but I really thought it was going to take the emergence of a new young quarterback star to get this team back to 500. A genius that I am, I figured that was Antonio Pipkin, not Vernon Adams Jr. So Adams' emergence then, for you at least, was a little unexpected? Oh, it's it's the uh, surprise uh, of the year on the Montreal sports scene and one of the biggest surprises in the CFL. This is a guy who's bounced around uh, through Montreal, uh, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, a guy who everybody wondered how serious a student of of 
the game was he and uh, ironically uh, Vernon has let it be known in recent days that he was actually thinking of retiring oh, as wow. an active player and getting into coaching he's the son of of a uh, football coach and he's got a future interest in coaching and uh, now he's devoted himself uh, to learning the craft and uh, and trying to be the best quarterback he can be uh, his maturity level has skyrocketed. Uh, the guys still say he's fun to play for, and I think that comes with making plays and, and pulling off some of the heart-stopping victories that the Alouettes have uh, pulled off. Uh, but Vernon Adams Jr., most importantly, uh, is maturing and doing everything he possibly can uh, to further this Alouette season. I'm guessing that the kind of coming out party was that rally to beat Calgary? Oh, very definitely. I mean, that was the first Alouettes win in Calgary uh, since the uh, 13th Man Miracle Grey Cup, <laughs> albeit against Saskatchewan. The game was played in Calgary that November of 2009, and Anthony Calvillo was the last Alouettes quarterback to get a regular season win at McMahon Stadium. So Vernon Adams Jr., the way he's been rallying this team, big plays chucking the ball downfield, living up to his old college nickname, uh, Big Play VA. Uh, he's scrambled effectively when he's had to. He's pulled off a couple of those, now you see me, now you don't, moves on woodsy tacklers. And, uh, and he really has rallied this team. Off the field, interestingly enough, uh, he's also uh, become a master of uh, quarterback mind games. He has a visualization routine of the morning of every game now that a, a sports psychologist uh, named Dr. Liz Griffin, who also happens to be his girlfriend, hmm. uh, she puts him through this routine where he visualizes not just generalities of an Alouette game plan, but specific plays. And, and he has zoned in on some of those crazy gadget plays uh, that the Alouettes have had so much success with. He sees them come to fruition in the morning, and then he makes them happen on the field uh, by day or night. What has made Kahari Jones so successful in his first year as a head coach? Oh, man, he really has uh, proven to be the right man at the right time. He's such a calming presence. And uh, at times I've been critical of his conservative uh, play calling, uh, but his calm demeanor has really been the steadying force that the Alouettes needed. It's helped the players completely block out the uh, ownership question. It's helped them quickly transition in the face of the coaching change and the firing of the general manager, Cavis Reed. Uh, and uh, his calm demeanor has also put himself uh, on the front line of responsibility uh, for pretty much anything and everything that's gone wrong for the Alouettes. He hasn't called anybody out. Uh, he's put the onus on himself, uh, and uh, he's preaching uh, just how much he loves this team and loves his players. And, uh, my goodness, within, within days of the coaching change, uh, they were talking about loving him back and uh, crazy though it may have sounded, uh, the guys were talking about uh, them actually believing they had a shot at getting to the Grey Cup game. And, uh, hey, here they are 
uh, you know, with a realistic shot at, uh, at hosting a playoff game now for the first time in years in Montreal. Now, it's unlikely they'll catch Hamilton, but the prospects of a crossover game looking very likely right now. What does uh, Montreal have to do over these last five, six games that uh, ensure that they've got as good a chance as they need to get through not just the first round, but also ha- a tough Hamilton team in the East Final? Yeah, and then uh, even Kahari Jones has, has handled that so well, talking to him this week about you know whether he talks to the guys about the chase of the Ticats, he says, no, he doesn't bring up uh, the aspect of, you know, they lost to Calgary, so let's get out there and beat the Riders and and, and uh, close in on them. It's just all about uh, the team bonding and the team building. But I think realistically, the Alouettes have to improve in a couple of areas. To put serious heat on a quarterback, uh, they have to go blitz. And I think they want to prove they can put more pressure on the quarterback, rushing only four at times. Uh, I think they also have to fix up some issues on special teams. There have been some games where maybe they've won the offensive or defensive battles, uh, but they've had some key plays break down on them on special teams. And we saw that as recently as uh, the loss in Saskatchewan, uh, a turnover with a box snap where Boris Bidet gives up the football and, uh, you know, big loss in field position. But the Alouettes uh, also uh, are looking for more big plays on the return game and uh, giving up fewer big plays on their coverage units. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's something that coaches preach all the time. Uh, but uh, in the nuts and bolts of this season, I think putting on pass rush and then uh, proving they could win the special teams battle game in, game out are two key areas where the Alouettes will have to improve if they really want to make some noise come November. And I would say just judging by the matchup we've got Saturday between the Bombers and Alouettes, Winnipeg has, I think, a clear edge in both of those categories. So how do you view Montreal's odds of beating Winnipeg on Saturday? Such a tough challenge. Uh, But the Alouettes have shown they can hang with uh, all the top dogs. Uh, they proved it against Calgary. They've had some uh, tough fights against the Tiger Cats, uh, and uh, they've been right there with uh, Edmonton as well. So Winnipeg is going to be a serious challenge, uh, but so far this Alouette team, uh, these are not the doormats from the East that they've been over the last two years. Uh, they've been competitive uh, at least into the third quarter in every game, and really the only lopsided scoreline they faced was against uh, the Ticats early season. Now this team is full of belief, and it won't surprise me at all if it comes down to the final minutes or even the final play yet again against the Bombers. So finally, what do they have to do to beat Winnipeg? Well, they've got to establish the run. They were unable to do that uh, against a tough rider defense in Saskatchewan. Uh, William Stanback, uh, yes, he scored a touchdown, uh, but they've got to get significant gains on first down in particular with Stanback, uh, and they've got to keep hammering away and make sure he doesn't finish with, you know, 10 to 14 touches. Uh, he's a jackhammer physically against defenses. They've got to be sure they get him 15-plus uh, touches uh, and 
and that'll really help Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, he doesn't have the strongest arm, uh, but his passer efficiency uh, when he goes deep down the field is extremely high, and that's because he's so effective off the play action fake. Rick, I appreciate your time tonight. Have a good call on Saturday. Enjoy the game. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?